Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The China Shop. I am your host, Kyle, and joining me for today's uh, midweek update is Eric from ES Invests. How are you doing today, Eric? Splendid. Splendid. It was, ah. Yeah, it was great to spend time playing chess before this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... Actually, I was going to save that in case we had time, but since you brought up chess, I'll just go ahead and ask. Uh, like, are you the type of person who dies into something, like when you get excited about something you just have to learn everything about it mm, it's beyond that right it's like obsessive almost isn't it yes i i definitely think it's like um obsessive compulsive disorder to a certain degree it's not overwhelming to the point where it cripples me right but it definitely is pretty pretty impactful it's it's and it's interesting if it's not just like something if i if i like it it's things that if i find value in it it's really how i developed my trading skill set was like just pure ocd so um, that's what i was going to ask if that's a, yeah. a type of trait that really you think helps you in your your trading for sure i genuinely think it does i don't know how you describe like the, that unwavering focus and dedication yep yeah, I, I I absolutely think it does. I think it helps me way more than because it is somewhat controllable. It's not like it, I don't get to like choose where I want to deploy it and whatnot. It's it's a rational thought process that happens, and I think the like it being a rational thought process is what enables it to be kind of a a really effective tool to have. How do you mean by rational thought? Like you can. You can so like, decide that this is the thing that you want to learn or exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like let, let's say um, it's pretty easy for people to get wrapped up on, on like TikTok or you know what I mean? Like down a, a certain path or to binge watch a TV show. Yeah, yeah. And the, the reason why I don't do that is because I, I mentally disable that wiring because I am intimately obsessed with optimization growth and I essentially just bounce whatever I'm doing off of that. Like I can rationalize being engrossed in chess. It makes me a better tactician. It right. makes me able to think under pressure effectively and bolsters that skill set, so on and so forth. Whereas if it was just watching TikTok videos or something like eating, don't you know what I mean? Like if it's yeah, something that yeah. doesn't contribute towards my overall broader goals, I can immediately 
um, just turn it off. Like another great example is earlier today, I was washing the front of my house. We've gotten a bunch of rain and there was some spider webs and shit and we have stucco and it's really difficult to wash stucco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, like the front of the house is not perfect, right? I don't mm-hmm. have to like pull each piece of spider web off to be happy. I'm happy with the, the good return on my time. If I mm-hmm. spend, you know, 20 minutes cleaning and it makes it 65% cleaner, I'm cool with that. So right. it's not overwhelming where it essentially derails my ability to operate on a day-to-day basis. I actually kind of have the opposite benefit where I get to direct it on things that I really want to focus on. Ah, is that like a learn memory thing or uh, uh, is that like a learned skill set? I mean, that's actually a fantastic question. And to be completely honest with you, I'm genuinely not sure. So I'm trying to think of all the different things that I've gone like headfirst into and not look back or, you know, drank from the fire hose, so to speak. Uh, like young, when my younger days, I did that with like quantum mechanics. I thought that that was just fascinating. I, I couldn't get enough of that. I read so many books. Uh, poker was mm-hmm. one uh, when I was, you know, uh, 18, 19. Uh, pool uh, at a young age was similar. Um, just space travel in general. Uh, chess is another one and trading is definitely one. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you hang around traders enough, you kind of start to find that we have a lot of similar tendencies. Like chess is a big correlation. It was actually hilarious when you and I both found out that we liked chess because we hadn't really talked about it. Um, And you turned me on to this whole new world that I didn't even know, which was all online chess. I I literally never really messed with it. I always just, like I was telling you, it's kind of funny, but it's like just super old school. I I just have a board that I used to move around pieces when I would play with a friend and we would just do it on the phone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to come across different skill sets and parallels between people like that. I'm one of those, I'm the kind of person, like I I really do have a lot of hobbies. I'm involved in a lot of things, so I can almost find commonalities with traders, but traders tend to be centralized in a lot of the same things. And I think it's just because of the, the structured thought process that goes with those kinds of things. There's a lot of poker players that that trade, not me. I, I actually don't really care for poker, but a lot of my friends that trade play poker and stuff like that. Well, I mean, poker has a lot of crossover skills, uh, risk management, uh, yep. and probabilities and statistics yep. and yep. Sizing all that. Yep. Totally agree. All right. Well, before we get too far into this, I should take a moment to say thank you to our sponsors and friends over at Manscaped Trade Pro Academy and Orderflow Labs. We all know Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming with precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And with a new and improved 2.0 version of the Weed Whacker available, it's the perfect time to take advantage of our exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping using promo code 2Bulls at manscaped.com. As always, that's the number two. And when it comes to institutional quality trading education, look no further than tradeproacademy.com. In our free Discord server, you'll find a instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well and for all you dgens who enjoy trading futures definitely want to check out the custom tools and studies over at orderflow labs and of course if you're not following eric on twitter or youtube uh, you should be doing that immediately to get a hold of some of the best market related content out there lastly uh, be sure to reach out with your suggestions corrections or questions for future guests you do that via email at twobulls at financialneptude.com or you can join that many times mentioned free discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned. Be sure to have all those links in the episode description. All right, now that we got all that, uh, I don't want to say junk, uh, <laughs> stuff out of the way, I feel like we should probably touch on the thing that everybody's probably talking about right now, and that's the FOMC. Oh, 
I thought we were going to talk about my YouTube channel crossing 10,000 subscribers, but okay. uh, I was going to bring that up. I was, I guess, I guess the FOMC might, I don't know. That might be more impactful. Who knows? Who knows? Well, hang on. I think, I think 10,000 subscribers is definitely a milestone worth celebrating. I think so too. It was really more the the value proposition between like what's more important, right? The YouTube channel crossing well, ten thousand subs you? or or Big Daddy J Pal talking about rates again. Yeah, I think it's cool. I'm gonna guess for you, it's probably the the subscribers. I think it's a coin toss. Yeah, I know for me, I I was happy to see that we finally passed uh, fifty thousand downloads. That's a big That's milestone huge. for us. Yeah, it's massive. It's milestones all around. How long is the how long have you been doing this podcast? About two years now. Yeah, dude, that's sick. Yeah. So, uh, damn it, there's no good segue from that. Yeah, I'm actually very curious to see what the pivot is. How I pull that off? There is no mm -hmm. ah, pivot. Yes, I'll dovishly pivot into there you the, go. <laughs> the FOMC. Oh uh, sounded like uh, when I was reading through some of the, the articles that were posted on it, um, I guess Powell had said that they had actually considered pausing this week mm -hmm. until the CPI and uh, jobs numbers came through. Yeah. And after that happened, that's when they decided 25 bips was appropriate. Yep. And I was actually, I, I think the reason why they messaged that is to make sure people know that they're still receptive to broader market conditions, that they're not, you know, just right. necessarily on a straight up war path. Uh, you know, th at least that's what I kind of gleaned from that. Oh, that makes sense. He's saying that maybe that wasn't really ever on the table. They're just saying it was so that way people can read into it. it yeah, it might have been on the table. Yeah, it might have been on the table. I wouldn't necessarily say that it wasn't, but I definitely think that they made a point to message that. And yeah. I, I think it's I, and I do think it's an important message because I think a lot of people are of a relative opinion that you know they might just be on a on a war path and they might be concerned um so yeah i i thought it was at least good that they mentioned it the other thing that uh, we were kind of discussing it before i hit the record button but i was actually thinking that the 25 bips is probably the best thing we could see out of the fed today uh i would have been concerned if they had paused just because of what that says about the <laughs> why they didn't decide to hike rates after seeing, you know, inflation not uh, behaving the way they were expecting to. Because uh, to me, that means that there's more risks in the financial sector than than uh, maybe we want to see. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, when we're looking already out at the next FOMC meeting, which is scheduled for 3 May, Mm -hmm. It's about a 50-50 split, like almost a direct 50-50 split between no change, slight favor to no change, 50.1% probability, and then a hike 49.9. So, That's funny. That actually changed from, I was 30% for no uh, hike when I loaded this up before we recorded. So it's changed that much in like less than an hour. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So I think one, technically, like one day ago per this it would have been uh, about 36% chance of, yeah. Uh, yeah, of terminal. But the funny thing is, they're still pricing in rate cuts, even though Powell's been pretty direct and consistent in the messaging saying that there's not going to be any cuts this year. Yeah. The problem is, is, you know, it's, in my opinion, at least, it, it's an ignorant perspective to essentially preemptively say there are no cuts. Right, right. Like right. Who, who knows, like who knows as of right now. And I think that that's one of the important things about traders. And you and I talked a little bit about this last time, but 
I think it bears reiterating that I think it's important for traders to make a careful differentiation between kind of, you know, passion information and general interests and tradable information, because, mm. you know, Powell saying whatever he says, it's, you know, good information to have right now. But if we have another crisis, right. Who's to say that that doesn't change as new information. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's it, to his, to Powell's uh, uh, point, like that's, that's kind of the message that he wants to be coming out there, right? He wants people to think that he's going to be strong on inflation. He doesn't want to give people the, the false hope of cuts. It'd be better to surprise them with cuts than to, to promise them and not deliver, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's, I think that that's spot on. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. All right. Did you do any trading around FOMC? Um, yeah, actually. So before the announcement earlier today, I was trying to trade some, some short volatility strategies. And then as I saw the market kind of trading around leading into the release, I flattened because I kind of got, I got concerned that it didn't look the way I was expecting it to. And it's really, um, right as the fed meeting started, there was a pretty notable uptick in realized volatility versus um, implied. So then I, I got out of it. Um, it was essentially a scratch. It was actually a small loss after commissions. And then I'm glad I got out of it though, because as the meeting went on, um, just huge capitulation. Right. <laughs> were you, what were you expecting or what was the thesis? Um, well, it's the typical FOMC. It's the same trade I've been running for essentially two years now. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm playing an expansion into the event and then post-event a contraction. But what I was seeing, especially when I was overlaying like a, an oscillator, I'll do that sometimes. Um, and it just looks like the, the wind was coming out of the sails like damn fast. Mm -hmm. So between that and the just essentially the, the price movement, we trended sideways pretty effectively. But as realized was approaching up towards implied, I was still priced okay, but I didn't want to let it run um, away from me. So it's kind of the same, the same structure I've been running for a while now, but just 
day it didn't uh it, if i stayed in the trade it would have been ugly um right so yeah fortunately i made the choice to get out uh, i didn't actually do any trading today or yesterday actually I hear it in my voice but uh definitely feeling under the weather and that was actually another discussion that we were having off air that i was hoping to to recreate here uh the idea that, um because there's two schools of thought right there's if you're not at your best then you shouldn't be trading and putting money at risk is the one hand and then you got on the other side of it like if you're thinking of it like a performance any type of performance based um occupation i guess would be the word like you're not always going to be at your best and you have to learn how to deal with that too i was curious what your thoughts were or what what side of the fence you're on uh when it comes to that regards yeah it's a really interesting dialogue the way that i think about that stuff is I definitely would scale back discretionary risk, but mm -hmm. like I was telling you when we, you know, we're talking before, I think that if your trading approach is so fragile that it essentially requires a hundred percent attentiveness at all times, that's like real difficult to sustain long-term. Right. Um, right. And I, and I think it also highlights just how probably discretionary and fallible the approach might be. Um, so it's not to say that the it doesn't work when you're on, but obviously just if for whatever reason there's an interruption to your process of some kind that it completely, you know, would have a nonlinear logarithmic impact on your success rate, which to me I think is problematic. That makes sense. I can see that side of it. Um, I had, I remember when we talked uh, after my first blow up and I put together a plan and then there was a discussion about following your rules and like holding yourself to those things. And one of the things that I put on my trading plan was that my morning routine has to be complete before I can trade. Mm -hmm. And if I don't complete my morning routine, then I do not get to trade. And that I was the that. scenario I was in the last two days. Yep. Love that. So it's, yeah, I, th I think I could have traded around it. Um, the way that, I mean, I trade on a much uh, larger time frame than I used to. Um, so I don't need to be like staring at the charts all day long. I just, I can be doing other stuff and then have a chart up. And then when something happens, then, oh, time to act. But that's the the pack that I made for myself. And I think that it's more important for me to, to honor that than anything else. Totally agree with you. I, I think that that's spot on. And I think the way I think about those kinds of things is, you know, there is broader context here, mm -hmm. um, at least for you. And I think for something like that, um, making sure that not only there's some rules involved to keep you from making mistakes, especially again, like based on the way that you're trading, mm -hmm. but then also just for a management perspective, I think that that's really important. It's actually why I do this really weird thing literally every single day. And I think I told you this before, but I purposefully will force myself to abstain from something that I was going to do for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, a random amount of time. So mm. like if I want to take a sip of my seltzer water right now because I'm thirsty, instead of just impulsively taking the sip, I'm going to like make a conscious decision to wait and I'll set a timer and I'll say I could take a sip in five minutes. And there's a very uh. particular reason why I do that. It's because it forces me to get used to following rules and maintaining autonomy over my thought process when I want to. So right, it makes every action intentional rather than reactionary. Exactly. To a certain degree, because there are yeah. certain things that I'm completely fine with my body outsourcing. 
um, and not necessarily right, waste- like I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm not going to risk that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think there's a balance to it, but I think integrating stuff like that it literally just reinforces the concepts of discipline. Like that's it, just base discipline. Because the issue with stuff like that is it erodes very slowly and almost indiscernibly over time. Mm -hmm. If you talk to somebody that was on a really great strict diet that they loosened up and then they just kind of let it loosen up too much and then they start eating like shit, that doesn't happen day one, they're super strict, day two, they're just a piece of shit. It takes time for that transgression to occur and it's in these slow movements. Well, that's what I like about what you just said, too, is that it's not a, it's an easy thing to hold yourself to. And by building those habits, it makes it gives you a lot of little small wins that you can build off of, as opposed to trying to go for the home run right out of the gate and setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I've I've done it for a long time now. And I actually, I really on a daily basis, it's so simple and inconsequential that there's never a reason to skip on it. And I'm always thankful um, just for the way it makes me mentally feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's fucking interesting, man. I've never heard anybody uh, uh, talk about something like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's a science-based thing. I imagine there's probably some documentation on it, not that I've seen. But I, I've definitely, I've, anytime that I've wanted to start changing a habit or creating a new habit, essentially the approach that I take is I start with little tiny steps and then I kind of build on them over time. But it's another reason why I have no problem, you know, like people need all these different things on their web browsers if they need to focus to like turn off their access to other shit because right. they're so egregiously undisciplined that they can't just not control their fucking body. Um, and I, I just, I refuse to allow that to happen to me. Fucking interesting. Uh, what other weird things do you do that uh, <laughs> that can help improve discipline? Lots of things, man. Like every single week, um, let's say if I was going to go in for a workout or let's say that I don't, I, I feel kind of um, tired. I typically will, it starts with something small and then it builds. But like each week I force myself to do a workout that I don't want to do. So uh -huh. let's say, you know, um, on the Thursday or Friday, it's my gap day or whatever an open day is. I literally will go through a process where I'll think about, and I'll be honest with myself, like, what do I want to do today? Mm -hmm. And then I will pick something that is essentially the antithesis of that. So if I want to lift heavy today, I will force myself to do some sort of cardiovascular long run endurance event. Or like just something to completely jostle me out of uh, just a, a comfortable, comfort-based thought process. Do you do that first and then go like as a reward for doing the thing you didn't want to do? Now you get to do the thing you wanted to do or you just do the thing you didn't want to do and that's it? That's it. Like if it's a workout, that, that mm -hmm. would be it for the day. But I mean, it's the same reason um, I now I intermittent fast every day. Like I eat one meal a day, but mm -hmm. I essentially allow myself... To, to feed after technically after 11 a.m. if I want to. But it's just typically what I let people know is like that's my normal preference. But sometimes like I, I am a little hungry in the morning, but I just purposefully disallow myself from, um, from eating, right? And yeah. I, I find all of those kinds of things 
start to really help build those those good habits. It's funny, you'll hear a lot of my habits are based on some sort of physical aspect. And it's because I find those are the more difficult aspects for me. Um, mm. I like being physical, but the the mental stuff, you can do it from a comfortable position. And I typically find one of the more challenging things is, you know, if you're in a physically compromised position to continue doing the correct things. So like after you have oh. a really good workout, sometimes you don't want to do something else that you're, you know what I mean? Something like that. Right. And it kind of forces myself to go down a, a different path, at least mentally. And I, I really think that integrating those small discipline challenges on a daily basis, they, they pay dividends way more than the effort it takes to execute them. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I I know it's different, but that's actually why. Well, that's going to be the name of this episode. I'm going to call this "Improve Your Discipline yeah, with One Weird Trick." Yeah, <laughs> but it's also why, like in in my Discord, we started this a while ago, where like every single month we do like a, we call it the Outlier Discipline Challenge, mm-hmm. and the idea is it's something that we do every single day for a full month together as a community. And it's supposed to be something that takes essentially less than 10 minutes in total, probably closer to five minutes. And it's, it's literally just to get people in the habit of doing something repeatedly for a duration of time. When I talk about how I've been able to create success, I, I come back to it all the time. It's not that I like I'm some genius. I, I literally probably have an ultra average IQ. Like I'm, I'm it, as stupid as the other average person that everybody complains about is so stupid. I, the difference though, is like, I find things that I think matter and I remain committed to them into perpetuity without fail, no matter what period. Mm-hmm. And that goes a long way. I was going to make a Marine joke in there, but uh, I respect you too much for that. That's the low hanging. No, fruit. you don't, but they're always, they're always game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man ah any other good tips that you got for people uh that want to improve their discipline any other words of wisdom yeah i i think another really good market related one is pick something no matter what it is just pick one thing whether it's the spy the vix something you want to learn about mm-hmm. and every single day without fail for 30 days just force yourself to write something down that you observed about it that's it I like that. What this starts to do is it helps foster a really important trading skill set and it's super well documented. It's pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. The other thing it does is it forces us to learn to be focused because I know myself, I get lost in the sauce sometimes. There's so many tickers out there. Right. So you can end up spending a ton of time looking at a ton of different tickers and actually not really look at anything. So right, this, right. this aims to not permit that to happen. And then it also integrates that thing we were talking about, the discipline aspect. Because the idea is, even if you had a all day at work and you got home and your wife was pissed off at you and you had a bad night and then your kid threw up, like you still fucking do it. You still do it. And then you and feel good about it. Knowing that you had, yeah. Exactly. You start to prove to yourself that you can remain disciplined and consistent towards something. And that is also a gigantic part of the reward. So it's kind of stacking a lot of really useful tools as a trader into one simple practice. I love that for another reason too. And it makes, because it makes the chart time that you're spending intentional. Like there's something specific that you're doing with it. 
I don't know how many hours I wasted when I first started my journey of just, oh, I'm looking at the charts, but I didn't know what I was looking at. I was just watching. I had nothing that I right. was trying to observe. I didn't, I didn't have like a plan like, oh, maybe I should plot some levels. And then today I'll see how they interact at these levels or, or I'll watch for, you know, points where high Delta comes in and see what, what that, the response to that is like, I'd, if I would have had more intention to what I was doing, I think I would have jump started my, my learning curve. Uh, I would have been much further than I am now, I think. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like being intentional about mm -hmm. the, the, the activity. Like, yeah, I absolutely love that. All right. Well, that's some fucking great content for today. I think, uh, got anything else that we need to cover before we wrap things up here? No, nah, man, I, I'm, I'm actually glad to have hit some of that stuff though. I know it wasn't necessarily on the docket, but I, I think no. that that's just really good dialogue for people. Freaking love. I wish we had more time to explore it. Yeah. I, I think about that stuff a lot. Maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to do a discipline, uh, series. Maybe that'll be the, one of the next ones we do improve your discipline and patience. Yeah, I think if there's one thing I'm, I'm well, patience, I'm not great at. I'll be completely honest with you, but <laughs> the, I definitely d discipline. I I strive to continue to develop, but it's something I focus very heavily on. Yeah, I love it. All right, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode. I'd like to say thank you to everyone who stuck around to the end and Eric for uh, taking the time to share some of these nuggets of wisdom. If you'd like to know more about how Eric trades, you can find him on his website at esinvest.com. You can check us out at twobullsinachinashop.com. Be back in your ears soon with another exciting episode. But until then, hammer that five-star rating like it's the market sell button of your favorite bank stock and take care. That was a pretty good one. I'm waiting for it. Waiting for it. I'm just not ready, you know. Oh, okay. I feel like sometimes you can't rush a good thing. <laughs> like your low energy goodbyes. Yeah, exactly. You can't. It takes me a minute to like actually dial back down in order to drop like a solid. Oh, you gotta. Uh, yeah, you gotta mm, take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. That was it, by the way. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.